So right after the Y-Wing bomber, like we went to two vendors later and there was a like brand new in the original box. It was before they'd come up with a name for Vader's TIE fighter. So like, mm. like the title for it was just that TIE fighter that Vader flew in. <laughs> <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, it was like, this is this is older than when they made up, when they went back in time and decided it was called a TIE Advanced. They were just like, Vader's chip. <laughs> it's like, oh. The most amazing thing about that sentence you said was when you started it, I was, when you said Y-Wing Bomber, I was like, is that was he talking about some kind of drink? Like, <laughs> and I was like, that should be a drink. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like where you're going. I feel like. You should open up a place called the Cantina and just serve Star Wars themed mixed drinks. Mixed uh, drinks. That place already exists in New York. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called the Scum and Villainy Bar. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't look like the Cantina. It kind of does, but it really doesn't. Right. Well, most of the d- decor in the Cantina is due to the participants, you know, due to the clientele, so. <laughs> yeah, but the lighting, the bar doesn't look the same. It just looks like a crazy mm. futuristic bar that they called Scum and Villain. They're just fine. I mean, I'm sure there's drinks in there called, like, you know, give me a Kessel mine, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's room in the world for two. <laughs> <laughs> Once an hour, they need to break into the... Then <laughs> <laughs> everybody else comes out, all the waitresses come out and dance? <laughs> Dancing Wookiees. There you go. <laughs> now, if the Star Wars uh, place down in uh, Disneyland or Disney World doesn't have an exact replica of that fucking cantina, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Are you going? Oh, hell yeah. When's it open? Or is it is it open? No, it's going to be. It's wild. early. It, no, it's, it's, it's the opposite. Mm. It was slated for 2020. It's going to be ready by summer 2019. Oh, wow. shit. I believe is what I've been told, but I don't have. I got to wait till Owen's a little older. Yeah. No. You want to go? That's a, a yeah. It's a big trip. You want to? You want him to remember right. at least a little bit of it. <laughs> I do. I agree. But how old will he be next summer? Five. Yeah. Give it till six, yeah six or seven <laughs> because that is the perfect age where it's going to seem like the most amazing place in the world, and that memory of it being that amazing will always stick with him. Yeah. Sure. You get him a little bit older, it's going to be like it won't be as like grand because for me, I first went to Disney World when I was like. Seven, and in my mind, it was the nuttiest place in the world, and I loved yeah. it. If I went now, I'd be like, oh, well, all right. No, I was going to say, when I went when I was four, I have almost no memory of it. When I went when I was eight, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, I don't want to say way back then, because, uh, you know, I'm aware of the audience that I'm speaking to. But, <laughs> you know, when I went, they had just opened Epcot. Like, it was brand new. Yeah, same here. Same here. So, you know, that wasn't even... A consideration for us. I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to go see Michael Jackson's Captain EO ride. <laughs> but everything else was amazing. I thought the Haunted Mansion was just about the most frightening thing that I've ever experienced. <laughs> so that was probably around 1982, right? Somewhere mm, in there? Four? 82, 84, somewhere in that zone, yes. 80, 82 right. is when I went, probably around that time. God damn it. There was, there was no Captain EO, but <laughs> Epcot had just opened. So I went there in 1982, and it was part of my high school graduation class trip. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we could have bumped into each other. (laughs) It's very possible. (laughs) Damn it. But yeah, you're right, Jared. That age where you can remember it, but it's still... Grand. Yeah, yeah, still amazing. In in my my memory of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, amazing. 
my my memory of the twenty thousand leagues under the sea actually went under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little. I almost want to go if I do go back for the Star Wars thing. I think before I even do that, I will be going on Pirates of the Caribbean, even though it's changed now to be more Johnny Depp esque. Mm. Sure, because I never went on as a kid because. Okay. I had just been taken on Space Mountain prior to that, (laughs) and it scared the living shit out of me to the point because I apparently I was small enough that I could have I was able to sit in my mom's lap in the same Mm -hmm. car. Wow! And she was like, "I thought you were going to have a heart attack, like (laughs) because I'd never been on a roller coaster, and that was the first roller coaster I went on to." Oh my god, that's not a that's not a beginner roller coaster. No, and my stepfather was like, "No, this will be great. Don't he'll be fine, right?" And I wanted (laughs) to die. And as a matter of fact, I just watched on YouTube a uh, first person perspective of it, and I was like, "Yep, all those old scary memories are coming back again." But I believe it. Right after that, we decided they wanted to go on Pirates of the Caribbean, and I was, like, trepidatious about any of these rides. I was like, nope. And because it was 1982 and I was seven years old, they're like, okay, wait out here for us. And I just waited out there by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny because it's true. Mm. Yeah, for me, even more terrifying than the non-terrifying Haunted Mansion was the final portion of... Of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, where he gets cast into hell for all of his sins, <laughs> scared the shit out of me. I was, I was, you know, white knuckles, eyes closed, shut for that portion of the ride. Well, I believe the Haunted Mansion was the third ride that, like, after Pirates of the Caribbean, they're like, we're doing this, and I did not want to go, but we went in anyway, and I was just. Just having a horrible time. And you know when they show you where the ghost is when sitting? When he appears next to you in the seat? Yeah, he was sitting on my lap because we were all jammed in there. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> Wow. Oh, oh, now I'm thinking, Disney fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, but now, now it's everything I loved about Disney, plus everything I love about Marvel, plus everything I love mm-hmm. about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, you better believe I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Profane Argument Podcast, also known as the Soaring Eagles of Freedom Podcast. <laughs> Insert eagle screaming noise. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Tuesday, June 12th, 2018, my name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Uh, if you'd like to join in on our conversation, you can go to facebook.com slash profanearg and post your thoughts or a link to an article you would like to share. This week on the podcast, we'll be talking about some wedding cake fallout. Mm. But first, I wanted to say a congratulations to Jared Huffman. He is in California. He is representative in California. And he is the first elected member of Congress who has declared himself a humanist, hmm. a non-believer. So he was previously a member of Congress, so he was re-elected, but uh, he did come out in between the, the the last time he was elected and this time and said that he was a humanist, and it had zero impact on the primary. Um, and, and he is going to be going up against uh, Dale Mensing in November, but... They, everybody thinks that that's just a non-starter. I think right now it's like 70% to 23%, yeah. so it's uh, not really going to be a problem. So 
Congratulations. Yeah. I'm glad glad that didn't have any effect. Of course, well, I mean, it's California. Right. So, <laughs> I think that had worked. an impact. Yeah. I don't think it would have worked in Louisiana. <laughs> the hardest thing about this is uh, it's a person with the name Jared that I can actually be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. This is a weird, odd one for me because usually people with my name are horrible human beings. <laughs> <laughs> Just the ones in the news. True. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, if it's any consolation, there are plenty of people around this country that would say, because he's a humanist, he's a horrible person. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. But not to me. You know, <laughs> right. I can get I can get behind this guy that I can get behind the subway dude or the guy oh. that shot, uh, what's her name? <laughs> or Kushner. Oh, God, oh. he forgot about Kushner. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Jared Huffman, go. All right, on to a little bit more sober uh, discussion. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Anthony Bourdain. I've watched his show for a long time now, and he just committed suicide this last week uh, at the age of 61. And I, 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 we've talked about a lot of different celebrities who've committed suicide or, or who have died. But this one, a uh, little bit different, I think. Mm. At least in some of the responses that I saw, it made a lot of big news. Now... I also watch CNN a lot, so obviously it made a bigger impact there because that's where his show is. But um, she's apparently taken it down, but Rose McGowan put up a video. I don't know if any of you saw the video, but put up a video of her making a plea for people to, to not commit suicide. I didn't make it through her whole video because she was crying in it, and Rose is, you know, eccentric. <laughs> to I'll, say I'll, the I'll least. I'll just say that. Sure. She's she's very eccentric. So I didn't make it all the way through, and I, mainly because I disagreed with some of the things she was saying. She was saying if you're if you think if you're thinking about suicide, just don't do it. And it seemed like Ugh. her argument was coming from a complete absolute a, a view of someone who isn't isn't empathic to what's going on in the person's life. Mm. Like I have no idea why Anthony Bourdain would take his own life. To me he had a fantastic life. It was he was 61 years old, he's still in his prime. Mm. Like but I just don't know. Obviously there was something I didn't see. So for for someone to say don't do it, it just sounds a bit too dismissive. Like you don't know what that person's going through. You don't know what is going on in that person's life. You'd, you're kind of belittling whatever it was that was that was taking him there. You're also probably going to, if you would say, say that to a friend, probably going to force them to do it anyway because of your dumbass comment. <laughs> uh, if someone says to you, hey, I'm really having a hard time and I'm, you know, I've been flirting with the idea of suicide and the person just goes, well, don't do it. You're not it helping them. Right. Right. There are, there, I found a list, I don't have it in front of me, but I found a list of things that you should not say to someone who has come to you with this information. That is one of the things you should not say. say also uh, listed in there was, well, if you do that, you'll go to hell. You should not say that. <laughs> uh, wow. As someone who's, who I, and I have flirted with, with suicidal thoughts before, and I did bring it up to a friend, and the friend said, I don't want to hear about this. Stop oh, well, talking about it. And I was like, uh, okay. You know, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know. Right. You know. Where do you go from there? <laughs> yeah. And then a couple months later, the person, I guess, was somehow got involved in some kind of suicide preventional thing or something like that. Realized that they had had poor choices of words for me and then came back to me and was like, oh, I'm ready to talk about it now. And I was like, I don't want to talk about it with you now. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the time has kind of passed at that point. Yeah. <laughs> But I'll tell you this, when she said this to me, it was not helpful at all. Sure. Right. 
I mean, maybe that's the thing that kind of bothered me about it is because what you said, Ray. I mean, he had the life that many people would love to live. He traveled, which is hard if you have to do it as much as he did it. But um, he, you know, he got to meet interesting people and eat, you know, fantastic food and visit wherever he wanted to visit within reason. Um, I think that a lot of people envied his life and didn't understand why he would do something like that. But, I, I think it's people because they have no experience with depression. Exactly. And what what it's doing to you and what it does to you know, like someone like him when the cameras are off and he's, you know, getting ready to go to bed at night and the loud voice in his head is saying, you don't deserve this life. You're a sham. None of this belongs to you. Uh, you know, this is mm. all a lie that never stops. Right. Well, he told a story once. I was reading a little bit about him, and he, he and he said one time he went into a depressive cycle because he was in an airport and he had a bad hamburger, and it spent, sent him into a depressive cycle. Something as small as that, and it's a you know it's a, it's a chemical you know physiological issue, and sometimes it's hard to get your, yourself out of those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't understand. I've I've spoken to a lot of people. I mean, like Anthony Bourdain was not a big deal for me because I didn't watch his show. I'm mm. I was aware of him, but. Everyone is it fluctuates between I don't understand why would he do that and I'm like I'm like I'm not having any problem understanding this whatsoever mm. right if your life's that good and you killed yourself you were there was something wrong with you right you know yeah. in your head and then the other people who are like and this I can't understand suicide's the coward's way out it's a cowardly thing to do and how could you do that to your family and I'm like hey, yeah. man how could you like like people just are like perfectly normal and just go I'm gonna fucking kill myself today. No, Fuck right. my family. I mean, like, it's never so cut and dry, but I guess it it's, goes back to what Ian said. You know, if right. you've never it's, dealt with that in your own life. You don't understand. Yeah, you right, don't understand. Right, to think that it, or to even call it, like, a way out. It's not something, I don't know, for him or for anybody that's desirable. Uh, the analogy that made it as clear as possible for me is that chronic depression is like being trapped in a burning building. Sooner or later, either you need to have the resources to put out the fire or you're going to jump out the window to not get burned alive. It's mm. not because it's something you want to do. It's because the other option is so horrible. Mm. And people, you know, people think that it's that it's the easy way out or that it's selfish. And it's it is almost the complete opposite. Mm. And I mean, unfortunately, you know, in this situation, you know, I, I feel like he just... And it's hard. It's hard to take the first step to get the help that could potentially help you. I know he, you know, seemingly had access to virtually unlimited resources, but, you know, his life experience told him he didn't need those. He beat heroin on his own and thought, I'm good. You know, he, certainly he was, I didn't start heroin to medicate my depression on my own. <laughs> yeah. And well, he, now that I'm off of it, I should be good in the long run. And and he was seeing a therapist. He had seen at some point in his life a therapist. I'm sure. So he, he he battled the demons for as long as he could. Well, I shouldn't say demons. Right. He, he battled his himself for as long as he could. And who knows? Maybe he smoked also like a fiend. Who knows? He might have been diagnosed with lung cancer. I mean, it could have been a la uh, Robin say, Williams. We will, we, we will definitely get an excuse here soon because goodness knows the media and people mm -hmm. will, will not let this go until there is someone to blame. <laughs> right now, it's looking like they're trying to set up a scenario where it was... Asia Argento's fault somehow. What? Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and, what, she, and how? Uh, she was allegedly seeing someone else on the side or had broken up with him. And there were going to 
released some tabloid photos of her and this man, and they got shelved after he after uh, Bourdain committed suicide. Hmm. Oh shit! Hadn't heard that. I mean, that I, I suppose we can't just write that off, but right. It seems but it's it's that- just it's just a, it. One, I have no idea if it's true or not. Two, people just love. They need to point a finger right. when. Uh, you know, Michael Jackson died, they needed someone to blame. When Joan Rivers died, they needed someone to blame. When Prince died, they needed someone to blame. They couldn't be like, well, you know, he, he made some bad choices in his life and he had a lot of troubles. Yeah. You yeah have I have him. no... The, the idea of blaming Asia Argento for this is just... I mean, that that just seems cruel. Mm. Yes. Is it that they don't want to talk about mental health? I don't understand. I mean, I've heard some people like get like visibly or audibly mad. You know, like, oh, what a piece of shit that he would do that. You like that kind of attitude? Hmm. Instead of being like, whereas me is like, I'm not upset, but I'm also like, well, that's pretty sad because if if your life's that good, you really must have been depressed. Right. Same thing with, with Robin Williams, even though I feel bad that when Robin Williams died, I was kind of uh, aloof about it. Where I was like, eh, he wasn't funny, I don't care. And then, like, yeah. I started, as Ray said, going down a rabbit hole. And um, I forgot about all the other, like, interviews and stuff where he wasn't, like, manic and was actually normal. Mm. And he seemed like a pretty cool dude. So I felt bad about the way I reacted to that. But, yeah, I, I, I don't understand the rage portion of it or demeaning that person instead of going, like, wow, that's horrible. It's horrible's family. And he was probably very, very sick. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there must have been something specifically, you know, well, yeah, I, I'm trying to find the excuse again, though. I mean, th- there was something in his life that was not sustainable anymore, whatever it was. And, but that doesn't necessarily be has to be the case. He could have just been having depression to the point where it felt that way. Mm. Right. And there there doesn't have to be a cause. Sure. Right. I, I guess yeah, I, I also agree that the rage is inappropriate. Mm. If you need to feel rage towards it, I don't know, cite something, do some research. Be like, I can't believe he did that. Now his daughter is 65% more likely to attempt suicide in her life. <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's probably true. Good job. <laughs> that's true. I mean, listen, I cannot stress enough going to a therapist or getting on some kind of drug <laughs> if you have depression. Sure. Yeah, that, that's not something you want to tackle by yourself un- un- unaided. Yeah. Right. Understanding at least that depression is you know part of your mental health and it is a disease and it needs treated. Don't think of it as the word feeling depressed. You're mm. not just feeling blue because <laughs> and it's something that you should just get over the next day. It is yeah. a serious chemical imbalance that needs a lot of help and a lot of treatment. And you might have to go through a few drugs to get to the one that works for you. Now, it's not like a commercial same. on CNN. Right. No, that and <laughs> same 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 situation with therapists. Just oh, because absolutely. your last therapist yeah. didn't work out, don't give up on therapy. If your There's therapist one. is a is a racist, <laughs> go to a different one. <laughs> Just you know, hypothetically. Yeah. yeah if your if your therapist is a doctor of divinity, try someone new. <laughs> I don't think that you can pray it away. Another piece of the puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> if you think that, you are a unique listener to this show. <laughs> and now now I, now I have a therapist who used to be an atheist, is now into God, and loves to ask me about this show and what we do. <laughs> <laughs> the key to it is is what you know the, the suicide prevention hotline talk to somebody find somebody pick anybody pick somebody you trust talk to just talk and and if somebody talks to you about suicide engage them in conversation ask them you know you know ask them why ask them how ask them anything just get engage in conversation and get to know the person more than you currently do and if you do and if you're thinking about suicide and you talk to somebody and they shut you down, just move on to another person. Yep, try somebody else. <laughs> that person's a piece of shit. 
Not or, true. They probably don't know. I mean, I'm sure when someone comes to you with suicide, it's you're like, oh, oh man, I don't know if I can handle this. <laughs> All right. As a follow-up to that, the aid in dying law that's in California has been suspended. Um, this is, I mean, this is a very specific type of suicide. It's suicide, but it's it's by people who have terminally ill. Well, yeah, they're terminally ill. They don't really have any sort of option except living in pain or living in just, just agony. And uh, the so a judge ruled that the law was improperly enacted because it was done in a, it was in like an after session. It was in an extended session where they were supposed to be only looking at medical things. And the judge ruled that, yeah, that's not, uh, that doesn't follow our constitution. So they, they overturned it. Yeah. Uh, so what this has done is it's left a lot of patients, estimated 200 patients have already started the process and are now stuck in the middle. Oh, and they're stuck because of a, a couple things. One, the doctor or pharmacist that they were getting, that they were planning on getting the, the drugs to help them end their life, they they might be charged. So the doctor can no longer give a prescription. The pharmacist can no longer uh, fill it because they could be, you know, in jailed legal issues. Sure. Uh, also, if they were to end their life now, uh, say you, they had terminal cancer and they're in pain with it, if they were to end their life now, it's quite possible that a coroner could put in suicide instead of cancer in reason for death, which would then suspend any life insurance agreement mm. um, that they may be under. So it's a whole host of problems. Now, apparently they are going to be looking, they're going to be doing a, an oral argument on June 29th to consider a motion that would then reverse the decision. But, I mean, it's going in front of the same judge, so I'm not incredibly hopeful. Yeah. Well, hopefully the, the lawmakers can just, you know, do over and do it in regular session. I don't understand why people want to sustain the lives of people whose lives are effectively over and whose only future is pain. Because God said so. Yep. Ugh. That's yeah. always the answer. You so, can't have an abortion. You can't decide how to end your own life. Everybody gets to decide those things about you for you, not you, because God said so. <laughs> to my knowledge, there are two reasons. One, exactly what Ian said. Mm. But a lot of times the, the reason that's voiced is a slippery slope argument. <laughs> it is an argument that, well, your kids are going to off you so that they can get your stuff. Or any sort of, you know, a, a quack doctor is just going to be going around killing people because now they can. And they're saying that the law, as it was enacted in California, didn't prevent those things from happening. Therefore, they can't let, let it go on. However, I would say that, and this is just my opinion, but it seems to me that most of the people who give that argument actually fall into column A that Ian described, <laughs> and this is their excuse. This is their way of trying to focus the law. Next thing you know, we'll be marrying cows. Slippery <laughs> <laughs> <That's pretty> slope. <laughs> but yeah, so the option now at, at this point, I mean, people, as apparently some people have decided that they're going to fly to Switzerland where physician-assisted death is allowed. There was an article, I don't know if it's this article, I actually don't remember which one I posted, but uh, there was an article from a physician who said that they were entirely against assisted suicide because they 
they they weren't sure. They were, they were like, this, you know, was this going to be painful? Was this person going to be suffering in their last moments? And then they actually witnessed it, and it was completely peaceful. It was the you know the person falls asleep and fades out, hmm. and changed his mind and was like, nope. I'm on board. We should let people do this who... And the argument is you make a... You've written and verbal thing saying, yes, I want to do this. And then 15 days later, you do it again. And then you're able to get the uh, to get the, the drugs that you need. Hmm. So... I mean, it seemed, it seemed like it was a reasonable law. Right. Especially if, if you have to, uh, you know, present your affirmation to die in front of some sort of arbitrator or hmm. licensed third party, like, a, I don't know, it's not really a job of a notary, but some sort of <laughs> kill-yourself notary kind of person. <laughs> sure. Like, I think that would, that, that would really help to suspend the killing your parents against their will to get their stuff right. argument. Right. And it would kill the inevitable weirdos that are, you know, striving for attention. Because you know... That there's going to be one or two people. In fact, I think uh, Switzerland had this problem with with somebody. She wasn't ill at all. She wasn't depressed even. She just w- was weird, and she wanted to be in the news. So she decided she wanted to kill herself. And everybody's like, "Ah, oh, crap," because <laughs> she wasn't she wasn't not depressed. Nothing. She was just a bizarre person, and that's what she decided she was going to do for attention. And that's they, what she wanted her legacy to be. Yeah, and so they struggled with it. I forget, I don't remember what they did in the end. I mean, she was older. She was, you know, in her 60s, I think, but not... Hopefully, I was going to say, hopefully denied her request. Again, if the law is written that you have to be terminally ill to be available for this procedure to be available for you, which I assumed California's was written that way. Yeah. I believe so. Well, there's another component to it, too, and I don't know where that falls. I mean, what if you are in extreme pain all the time? Pain management is not something that this country is very good at, and we're even worse at it now because of the whole opioid crisis. Anybody that is in, you know, um, constant pain has problems now getting the medication that they need. Because really, opioids, there's a reason that they are so successful. It's because they work. Wait, are you sure they're having a problem getting those meds? Because when I was in pain, they were like, what kind of opioid do you want? Here we go. And they're like (laughs) opening up their jacket. And I was like, oh, my God. So it's either not be in pain or be a drug addict. Uh, we're not talking. Well, we're not talking about um, you know Tylenol with codeine. We're talking about hardcore. Um, what's the the? There's a patch and there's and fentanyl. Fentanyl patches. They don't give them out to people unless you really need them. And usually, what they'll do is they'll give you a subscription for like a week's worth, and you have to go back for somebody that's in chronic pain. Traveling to wherever pharmacy will will you know will meet that need can be very difficult. So we, sure. uh, you know, our healthcare system fails on many fronts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Smoke weed. For some Truth. people, it works. Yeah, depending on what it is. If you've got you know degenerative spinal disease and you know the, the bones in your back don't work properly anymore, it might not help. <laughs> yeah, at that point, the opioid is really the way to go. <laughs> mm. But they're getting harder to get, and you get less of it. Yeah. So it's it's problematic. So the American Medical Association has long been against the assisted suicide, but it's possible 
that uh, that may be changing. It's really complicated. There's a council on ethical and judicial affairs that has been doing a review specifically of assisted suicide, and they apparently came back and said that that area should not be amended. The area of the uh, medical uh, American Medical Association's rules it should should not be amended. But uh, then apparently that goes to the AMA's review, some other review board, and the, they're debating on whether or not they're going to accept that recommendation. I don't know. It's really complicated. Mm. It really but, is. There's a lot of bureaucracy there. Yeah. yeah. I think for good reason. Right, right. But um, the... I think the takeaway that I have is they're talking about it, which is something that hasn't happened before. Sure. Yeah, the wheels there are super slow. <laughs> I, I believe it was not too long ago that Sanjay Gupta came out and was like, hey, everybody, I'm really sorry. The AMA has been lying to me this whole time. Cannabis, not so bad. Yeah. I did a couple of uh, CNN shows about it. I mean, multi-hour yeah. shows about, no, really, this does work. And here's how it works. Yeah. And here's why it works. <laughs> right. Right. So, so that's nice to see that. Potentially some progress is being made in right. a government organization in our current administration. <laughs> right now, what their what their guidance says is that physician-assisted suicide is fundamentally incompatible with the physician's role as a healer uh, and, and incompatible with the do-no-harm. I, and I disagree with that. Yeah. When not doing it causes more harm, causes the person more pain, I, I, I don't see how that uh, goes against the do-no-harm. It does you know, harm, the, yeah. I mean, I, I understand that it's, you know, one harm versus another harm. I get that. But you have to balance the inevitability of, you know, terminal cancer and with pain versus just ending it early to save yeah. the pain and to die with some amount of dignity left. Exactly. And that's all people want is to die with dignity. Okay. That is all that I have on that topic. Does anybody have anything else they wanted to say? Nay. Nope. Nope. Okie dokie. So let's move on to the fallout from the wedding cake ruling from the Supreme Court. But it, it uh, was such a narrow decision. There could possibly be fallout. <laughs> they covered us against that, right? Oh, wait. <laughs> now there's. Did, did uh, we cover? Wait, did we cover last week about the narrow uh, yeah. the word? Yeah. Okay, because I can't tell you how many people don't understand that. Oh yeah, most and, and everything. Narrow? What's the matter? CNN 7 the 2 is narrow? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not what they mean. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> just... We'll actually touch on a little bit more on like the, the, the on one of the, there are multiple fallouts. Uh, the first one that I have is the guy in Tennessee who got into trouble because he put up a sign that said no gays allowed <laughs> in his hardware store. So he had to take that sign down. This was back in 2015. Uh, he put this sign up when the, I guess that was when the original thing came up, right? When the original master, what is it, masterpiece? Ma whatever the, the yeah. cake store is. Mm. Uh, when that came out, he said, he put up a sign that said no gays allowed. Well, he got into to a lot of hot water for that and eventually took that down and uh, put up another, put up another sign that was almost as bad, but not quite. Well, apparently after the Supreme Court ruled on this, he took his, kind of moderate sign down and put the no gays allowed sign right back up. 
he so says it's just that, straight hate, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he said in his defense, he says that Christianity is under attack. <laughs> that uh, the Supreme Court is a great win, but this is not the end. It's just the beginning. We're seeing a ray of sunshine. This is happy days for Christians all over America, but dark days will come. I don't get it. Why are dark days coming? Uh, because aren't they winning? People are gay. I I don't know. I, I lo- guarantee <laughs> that until the service was no longer available, this guy met dudes on Craigslist for anonymous <laughs> sex. <laughs> guarantee it. Yeah, I'm not taking that bet. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would be like to to be a, like a certain way and to have other people just relish in beating you down. Mm. You know, to be like. It's a ray of sunshine. I can persecute any gay person I want, you pieces of shit. Yeah. Like, and just to be like that gay person, be like, not that I'm sure many gays frequent his hardware store, but, <laughs> you know, just be like, God damn, dude, tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't act so happy. Well, and and there, I mean, the next step is this is this is another one of those slippery slopes. You go down this path, and the next one will be you know no blacks at the lunch counter. Literally, this is no what we're headed towards. No Jews at the gas again. station. No, go- no Jews no, at the gas again. station. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming. You know, um, our our friend who has Asian ancestors, uh, who was born in Idaho, I think. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Who um, was told at a McDonald's, "We don't serve rice here," and he's like, "I'm from Pittsburgh." <laughs> <laughs> what? What are you? He went to McDonald's and the guy behind the counter said that to him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In Pennsylvania. Like, was yeah. it the first Asian person this guy had ever <laughs> seen in his life? <laughs> yeah, he's like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> so this is uh, a wedge in the door for people to feel free to express their prejudices again. And it's not just gay people who will suffer from it. Could you no. imagine if a hardware store put a sign up that said, no Christians allowed? What? <laughs> <laughs> Atheists only. <laughs> It'd be very difficult to do that in America and maintain a and maintain a shop. I, I, it's true, hmm. but like, say maybe you're getting ready to burn it down anyway, and you're like, "Fuck right. it!" <laughs> it's almost right. ready to close well, then, down. Because I think it could go, you know, that far without consequences. Like your shop would be vandalized and set on fire. And even if you had the perpetrators on videotape, they'd be like, "You shouldn't have put up that sign. What did you expect?" Yeah. Yeah. And it would be done. I'm thinking insurance would because pay, they though. are under constant attack, Jared. <laughs> Christians are under constant attack. They never get a reprieve from their wars. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor Christians—they have to practice their religion in secret. They're constantly being harassed by the government. It's just <laughs> nonstop siege. To expect this man to sell a hammer to a gay man—I <laughs> mean, it's akin to putting a Jew in a concentration camp. <laughs> <laughs> So if you didn't think the hardware store was uh, was quite strong enough to uh, warrant attention, how about the South Dakota lawmaker? He is a state representative, Michael Clark, who said that not only did he celebrate the court's ruling on the uh, on the cake thing, but he said that business <gasps> owners should have the right to discriminate completely on, on any discrimination. <laughs> yeah. He said that uh, if if it's a truly strongly based, strongly held belief, people shouldn't be able to use their minority status to bully a business. <laughs> he tweeted, 
It is his business. He should have the opportunity to run his business the way he wants. If he wants to turn away people of color, then that, then that, then that his choice. <laughs> he missed a verb, but yeah, yeah that is what he his said. choice. Damn. No, it's not. So, Turns out we have a law against that. Well, he's got that classic crazy man mustache that I'm going to make a dumb comment. <laughs> uh, of course, he then, after doing that on Twitter, he came back and apologized for his comments, saying, I would never advocate discriminating against people based on their color or race. Just did he just do that? <laughs> I would never. But he said he's sorry, so all's forgiven. Yeah. Right. Uh, he said he's sorry, so uh, we're going to let it go for now. <laughs> Until oh. the next time he has to say he's sorry. <laughs> that state just made my list. <laughs> you I've, can keep your stupid Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah, it's that's all the... St- I mean, well, not to disparage South Dakota, but what else has it got going for it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Don't they have a pipeline there? <laughs> that's not someplace don't I want to visit. <laughs> don't they have this dude? <laughs> yeah, they've got don't this they have dude. Michael Clark? <laughs> What one of the Dakotas is doing really well though with uh, tech business, isn't it? What? Who? Where? Like they're calling it like the new Silicon Valley up there. One of the Dakotas. Oh, really? Dakota? Yeah, it might be. Yeah. I thought that was Austin, Texas. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I heard what it was one of the Dakotas. Maybe good for them. <laughs> I, I I don't understand how someone this dumb. I just I just know that Michael Clark's gonna get reelected in November. And oh, then, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually had no opposition in his primary, and uh, it's South Dakota, so yeah. the Republicans are going to win. So that's the key. Okay, because I was just going to ask, how does someone rise to this position? I just have to go find an empty position, right? Like, yeah. like, like Ian's wife did. Like, got this, got in that one little door, and just move your way up through there. No opposition. Yeah, there, there were plenty of uncontested things to vote on this year. So for sure, I, I say that is that is key. I mean, that's not how it worked out. She hates that I wrote her in for that. She was mad at me for four consecutive years. Oh, okay. Retired, <laughs> retired as soon as she was able to. As soon as she lived out her commitment to that. But that's the way to go if that's what you want. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Not when your husband so no writes ma- your name. No matter, no matter who's listening, no matter what state you live in, if you see an opening, write in my name. <laughs> <laughs> So I can get into this vacant spot, and then when they say, what's your deal? I'm like, abortion's for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, you should have asked me before I ran. (laughs) So on a related note, still on the Supreme Court thing, Mother Jones wrote an article entitled, Did the Supreme Court Fall for a Stunt? It's what we talked about last time, the fact that William Jack went around store to store, three different stores, trying Mm -hmm. to get people to make a cake with a Bible that had hate speech on it, and they refused. And the fact that the Supreme Court then cited that, and then the article in Mother Jones is asking, so did the Supreme Court fall for it? I would go you one further Mm -hmm. and say that they were- They absolutely did not. They were part of it. 100% that, oh my goodness, who's my old nemesis- who uh, Long Dong Silver on the court. <laughs> uh, Clarence Thomas. Yes. I guarantee you Thomas told someone to tell the cake baker's lawyer to do this. Or even You know, there were there were there were there were some layers of intermediaries so that it didn't come. So it was not a stunt. It was a stunt orchestrated by the you know, a portion of the seven. I don't go that far. I don't know that they were complicit in actually setting up the stunt, but they saw the stunt and went, oh, that is something we can use in our argument. I think that is entirely possible. 
whether they're complicit. Mm, I, could... I think that the same people who wanted Gorsuch in that seat made this happen. Sure. Sure. Totally. That's kind of a conspiracy theory, but mm. it's in nowhere in the realm of being unlikely. It, it's quite likely that that's the case. Nope. I'm, yep. I'm getting back into conspiracies lately. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've, been, they've been rolling forward like, oh, when Rose McGowan today was, was, was she arrested for felony cocaine hmm. owning? I was like, she has been felony cocaine owning for 20 years and you're going to arrest her? Months after she speaks out against Harvey Weinstein, 100% conspiracy. Mm. Hmm. These judges, these celebrities, mm, it's all <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I saved the good piece for last. Uh-oh. Yeah. Wait, the real good or like, sit, I'm glad you're sitting down? I, I like it. I, oh, so okay. it, sound, it sounds really good. In Arizona, a court <laughs> just ruled... That the Masterpiece Cake Shop ruling from the Supreme Court, they ruled that in that, if you remember, in that ruling, they said that anti-LGBTQ discrimination, that it was against the Constitution for that to happen. And then they went on to say, however, we're going to rule against because of this, you know, really, yeah, obscure ruling. But they did state that you cannot discriminate against LGBTQ. The Arizona court ruled and cited those, cited the ruling, mm-hmm. cited the pieces where they said you can't discriminate, and uh, said, yeah, see, the Supreme Court is behind us. Nice. Uh, so they actually used it the opposite way as to what the, the court ruled, and they have ruled in favor of the uh, the complainant against, what is it, Brush and Nib? It's a calligraphy studio. The calligraphy studio had said that they were not going to do wedding invitations for same-sex marriage because, you know, the, what they do is art, which, sure. However, what the couple asked for was a standard wedding invitation with just the guy's names on it. Although no illustrations or anything for them to be. (laughs) So the court ruled that, no, if you're going to provide that to the public, they are the public. Mm. You have to provide it to them. And they cited the Masterpiece Cake Shop ruling in order to uh, say you can't discriminate against gay people. Nice. Yeah. Well played. Oh, my God. Someone actually read the ruling. Right. (laughs) Another another judge was actually paying attention. In Arizona. (laughs) Oh, that state. I love it. It is just an absolute wild card. <laughs> but he must not have been a trauma pointy. He'll be gone soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was the California judge that was just recalled? Oh, right. Uh, the the guy that... He was the, he was the pro-rapist. Right. Well, yeah. I, well, he was the, um, the, the little white rich kid um, didn't... Right. Think, you know, thought better of his crimes and should only spend a few days in jail. That's oh, right. that's Ian's real nemesis, the affluenza team. Well, uh, yeah, no, this yeah. is no, this is the uh, isn't this the I raped an unconscious girl? Oh, yes. this is Brock Brock uh, yes. Turner. Yeah, right? yeah. Brock yeah. Turner. Yes, this is Brock Turner, the other guy. The uh, I fled to Mexico with my mom because they <laughs> caught me drinking on camera during my probation because I murdered a bunch of people and I didn't know murder was wrong. Yeah. Hey, that sounds reasonable. Not guilty. You <laughs> motherfucking judges on this fucking country. Yeah, what is going on with you? You guys take your job like. Whatever, we'll see how it all works out. <laughs> just fucking throw a ruling out there. Flip a hey, coin. Hey, Ian, you can't ruin a kid's life just because he, because of 15 minutes of something he did, even if that 15 minutes was raping an unconscious woman behind a dumpster. Well, <laughs> keep in mind, 
that he he's a white kid, so he gets to get away with a lot of things. If it was a black kid, there's no way he would have got away with that. <laughs> oh, he'd still be he'd be in jail now for the rest of his life. Absolutely. So it's not just the the fact that he let him off lightly. He let him off because he was a you know a, a rich white kid. That's the only yeah. reason. Right. Oh, absolutely. I I, I agree. And I mean, I, I it's still. I mean, that's why the other guy's even more my nemesis. Mm. Like Brock Turner should absolutely have been persecuted to the full extent. Yeah. Couch killed four people. Yeah. Didn't realize that murdering people was not okay. And the judge was like, yeah, I hear you. Mm. That's that's a real gray area. You're, you are not guilty. Because well, some- I don't think it was so much the argument that he didn't know killing people was bad. It was that he didn't know drinking and driving and driving your high-end sports car really fast through town was bad. Right. And could lead to somebody dying because he was so rich and affluent. And drunk. And drunk. Yeah. And it makes me almost think that I might not be exploiting my whiteness to the best extent that I could. <laughs> because I try to follow the laws relatively all the time. You know, I might run through a stop sign or something like that. But, like, damn, there's probably a lot more shit that we could get away with, all four of us, that we're not doing. I mean, not yeah. saying we're all rich, but, right. you yeah, know. I was going to say, you need well, to be careful. Need to you're going to run too. out of gas, Jared, and you're not going to be able to use the gas station because your whiteness is tainted by your Juniors. <laughs> yeah, but if you don't know me... You know, I could probably pass as a non-Jew. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not saying we should commit murder, but there's probably a lot of crimes we could get away with. <laughs> or get a slap on the wrist. We would have a better chance of getting away with it, sure. <laughs> I want to well, disavow yeah, should... this section of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think you just got to commit more crimes and, and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah I feel like... Uh, these, and these... it's harder now because we're much older. And when we were younger... Mm. We probably I, I did get away with a lot. It was poor choices because you were young. Right. <laughs> now But I, I really I really uh I really milked my white privilege for all that it was worth. So. <laughs> oh, we definitely need to keep it to like white collar crimes, you know. White collar crimes I think are harder. it's less leeway there. I get the impression. I don't know, but right, then I, the, our president might just pardon us. What's <laughs> <laughs> Right. I but I'm I'm with you. I'm saying like even even like the some really outrageous but misdemeanor stuff that I would get away with if I had been not white absolutely would have gone to prison at the very least Mm. like you know I got pulled over without insurance without inspection uh driving on a suspended license and there was no registration on the car and I was told to head home and get that taken care of wow how old were you uh 19 all right, because it happened to me when I was like 38 and they took me to jail. So. <laughs> Again, Age. And, and it was only the suspended license, which I didn't even know about. Right. But so granted, we, that was in Jersey. All, all these things that we're talking about do not apply to Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but if you'd been black doing that, that's a shooting right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think I would have been reaching for his gun and been killed. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe back to the Arizona case, though. That is that is wonderful that the people have actually read the case and understand yes. the, the the meaning behind part of what they were saying. Well, and understood the meaning behind the law. I, yeah. you know, they. I think that Gorsuch and and uh, Thomas were putting those words in there in order to just cover their own asses because that's how the law is written. Mm. And they just wanted to make sure that everyone was aware they were recognizing that, but they were ruling against them anyway. I, I don't know. Well, hmm. Hopefully more judges read this and we can see more uh, results like this. Hmm. Uh, moving on to North Carolina. 
some state news in North Carolina. This is again; these are uh, this is another part of the the blitz, the Christian blitz that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Yeah. They're yeah. putting "In God We Trust" in every school. There is uh, a bill to to get that done, and also to keep cursive in schools. To make sure that <laughs> cursive is taught because uh, it was no longer part of the mandatory core essentials uh, nationwide. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more. What? What is there? That's suspicious. I'm pro. I'm pro cursive handwriting. Why? But I don't have a secret Christian agenda. Tell me what they want. <laughs> Why are you pro cursive? I liked it. It flowed. It was easy. Okay, for you. But <laughs> <laughs> bane of my existence. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that cursive should be taught, uh, even though I was awful with it. I, I, I don't know. I, it's yeah, some- I, 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 I guess I don't feel like, what should we do in schools? How can we improve things for kids? Let's give them less options and teach them fewer skills. <laughs> okay. But how is cursive beneficial at all in any way? It's Other faster. than signing your name. It's faster because you don't have to lift the pen. But it's not for no, not for me. It was every letter flows into the next letter, and you not just glide for me. The it cursive was the biggest pain in the ass and a total <laughs> waste of time. Mm. I never write in cursive. I always only for signing my name, and even then, I just scribble it. Mm. I don't. I, I just don't see the point of doing it anymore, especially now in the in the technology age that we're in. You I know. agree that maybe it shouldn't be a fundamental part of learning uh, the language, but uh, maybe it, it could be worked in as an artistic thing. People, I mean, the people who were really into it, a lot of the girls in high school, holy crap, <laughs> they develop their own cursive writing and notes, and I swear it was just so that none of the boys could read it. But <laughs> Well, I mean, calligraphy comes out of that. It is, you know, yeah. You know, marriage, invita- wedding invitations, all that kind of stuff, that beautiful handwriting. It is an artistic interpretation of our written language. I don't know that it is particularly useful in day-to-day life anymore because we do. We live in a technology society. Right, but if you encounter it, I feel like you would be disadvantaged because mm, we do yes. live in a technology. So based on the we live in a technology-rich environment, and I know everybody's got a phone in their pocket, should kids not be taught how to read a standard clock? Waste of time. They all have a phone. They can just look at a digital clock. They should look at a standard clock and be totally confused. Yeah, I don't no, think those are two equatable things. You don't think cursive and standard clock are Absolutely equatable? not. Not knowing cursive, you could absolutely get through life. Not knowing how to read a standard clock could fuck you over. How? Most clocks you are may, you, not analog anymore. It's true. Yeah, but if you run into one, which I'm saying they're not completely uh, gone, like who to f- who writes in cursive? And where are you going to encounter it that you are going to be screwed? You're never going to be uh, get uh, to the th- Constitution? <laughs> and you'll never make it to any wedding ever again. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's fine. I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember it being a a, a major part of uh, the school curriculum. I don't know that it needs to have that kind of emphasis anymore, but I do right. think it should, be, should still be taught. You should have, know the fundamentals and how to read it and how to write it. And it is, I don't know, it has an artistic thing to it that you, you could use every day. Are we, te- are we at least teaching typing in place of cursive? Absolutely. I think oh, I bet you, that- yeah. I mean, they're on computers already right away, aren't they? Yeah, well, they're phones, right. but... I'm on computers, but I can't type. In this, in this, uh, in North Carolina, no, that's not addressed in any way. <sighs> I think that typing is probably one of the most useful classes I took in high school. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wish I had. I wish that I had pursued it 
beyond the one mandatory class that I took. Mm. Wow. I mean, I took typing in high school just because it was like a an easy it's class. Easy. Yeah. And but didn't pay attention to anything. I ended up learning how to type by spending so much time on the computer. Just one day I noticed <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I'm like typing and not looking down. Like that's how I learned. So yeah, but it is th- th- typing definitely way more important than cursive. For sure. I, I, I support that. I think both are worthy of learning, but I don't know that the, the emphasis needs to be placed as much on the cursive. Hey, more importantly, they should be teaching civics in these fucking schools. Well, <laughs> yeah, they should. <laughs> but I think learning how to read an analog clock, I think, is also important. It, it, I don't know. For me, I have, I'm have i much better at interpreting the passage of time with an analog clock, but I don't know if that's just because that's what I grew up with. Right. It's, oh, analog clocks just make it so much slower. <laughs> when sure. uh, when I think about how much time I have, I always picture it on an analog clock in my head. Yep. I can look at the digital clock, see what time it is. All right, it's five after. I need to be there by, uh, you know, half past. I picture an analog clock and I immediately say, okay, it's 25 minutes. And you look at the wedge. Yeah. But I think... Oh, I, see, well, I that don't, and... I don't do because that. Of, yeah, because of that... Now you'll for the next generation you will you will have to change expressions now, Ray. Half past. Did you just say half past? Yeah. What? What's that even mean? Get out of here, old man. Quarter till. Quarter but a quarter's twenty five. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so real- what's this have to do with the Christian Blitz? It doesn't. <laughs> uh, the cursive they just tacked it on because we don't want to change. <laughs> <laughs> we want it to be 1955. You're all going to sit in same uniforms and write cursive and destroy your hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the the one thing I did want to mention about North Carolina, there's a follow-up article on the News Observer. <laughs> this is perfect. Uh, the House bill passed 94 to 15 to put In God We Trust on, as a national, national motto on in all schools. But they wanted to make sure that that you know this was not promoting religion. <laughs> what? In God We Trust, is, is they denied that the bill was an attempt to promote religion. He says that I understand that any time the name of God is mentioned, that it's going to be divisive. But I would just remind you that it's the national motto of the United States. It's there to to uh, give you history and background of the nation, not to promote God. Why don't we use... It's not the national motto. That seems unlikely. Uh well, it is a national motto. Yeah, How'd that happen? 1956, actually. Yeah. God damn it. Mm. The same year they want to go back to. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we use a small g, then, in God? In some God we trust. <laughs> well, even that it is exclusive, because I don't think any of us really trust in a God. <laughs> True, but I think it will make them bonkers if we say, well, can we just use a small g? That will make it a religious argument. Then then they will go, but that's not the God of the, of the Bible. And you go, ha ha, religion. Yeah. <laughs> Such snakes. Yes. Just, just be honest about what you're doing. Yeah. But if they were honest, it wouldn't be passed. <laughs> we would like to shove Christianity down the throat of every young person. Oh, we're not okay with that, turns out. But they all know it. They all voted for it. They they Only 15 people dissented. Yeah. They would have gotten it through. That's depressing. Yeah, those 15 people are Democrats. They're all Democrats who dissented. However, that was only half the Democrats in the state house. Half of the <laughs> Democrats voted to uh, to put in God we trust in schools. <sighs> Fucking North Carolina. <laughs> well, we're moving on to Pennsylvania. Oh, good. Fucking Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> in Pennsylvania, there is a new law that was coming through that was going to, was helping out the charter schools, Christian schools, mm. 
but there was a little thing in it saying that they could not discriminate against uh, gender or because of gender, creed, color, sexual orientation, gender identity, or expression. That went too far. You can't have that kind of language at a Christian school. So our governor, Tom Wolf, struck that portion out as what? it relates to charter schools in the state of Pennsylvania. So, so char- charter schools get to discriminate for whatever they want. They get my money, and they get to discriminate. Yep. God damn it. Why would he, that, why would he do bitch. this? <laughs> why, would, why would he do that? Uh, he says that it's a case of administrative error. The Department of Community and Economic Development has been working on updating their programs to comply with the governor's non-discrimination order, which applies to contracts and grants, but not tax credits. So they said that they accidentally put the you-can't-discriminate piece into the charter schools, the tax credits, and they're just simply removing it because it was an administrative error. Hmm. Was they it didn't really. Say you can discriminate, right? They're saying that thing where you we said you couldn't discriminate. That that doesn't apply to you. We were only trying to apply that to government things, not taxpayer tax money. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, Tom Wolf. Yeah. I think it was Ian who said, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bitch. I mean, comparatively to to you know the other candidate options I have, I mean, I'm gonna vote for him again but god damn it still in pennsylvania i wanted to bring up this report that's supposed to be coming out sometime here soon in the next couple weeks oh yeah this is an 884 page report that details decades of priests abusing kids all over the state of pennsylvania this report includes the diocese from allentown erie greensburg harrisburg pittsburgh and scranton so it doesn't even include the abuse that has already been uncovered in the Altoona Diocese or Johnstown Correct. Diocese, whatever it was. Oof. Yeah. 800 pages. Man, those poor, poor Christians. <laughs> you can't even rape kids in the privacy of your own church anymore. Mm-mm. Constant attacks. <laughs> <laughs> so the report, they say, well, so they released the, the report to the diocese, to the bishops, and it's supposed to be coming public here soon, although obviously the church is fighting that. They're trying to have it not be public. But the report, this article on The Guardian says that there are more than 50 priests, 5-0, 50 priests in the last few decades who are cited in the report as attacking children, abusing children. This is just in Pennsylvania. Just in Pennsylvania. Wow. Just in these six dioceses. Now, these six dioceses cover a good portion of the state. Mm-hmm. But how many yes. pr- how many priests can there be in Pennsylvania? I mean, a number of hundred, oh. sure, but well, there are quite a few. But so I, I think proportionally, fifty is not as it's a lot. I mean, anyway, you slice it, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there are probably a lot of priests in Pennsylvania. But even if you're generous and say there's five hundred priests in Pennsylvania, which is probably around right, that's that, that's ten percent, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would imagine that there are more Catholic priests than that in Pennsylvania. I've seen the number of churches we pass while going around. Now, granted, they're not all Catholic, but mm. I have no idea what the statistics are there. So there's a, there's a guy who is uh, Rossi. I can't find his first name, but he was previously abused by a priest. Uh, he grew up with this. He is now in state legislation. Mm. Uh, he is trying to pass a law that would allow 
victims to sue the church, the Catholic church. However, he's having trouble because there are 39 lobbyists being paid by the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference to uh, lobby 50 different senators, in state senators, in order to stop that law. So the church is putting a lot of money into stopping people from being able to sue the church because of the ongoing uh, child molestation. Is it under the headline, because we don't want to be held accountable for what we did? I think it's a pure economics question. They spend a lot of money to save a lot of money. But their argument is that it's not the church's fault. It's the individual's fault. It's not the church's fault, which is very easy to argue against because the church covered it up. Right. They just moved these priests around. When they got caught, they just shoved them into another diocese. Oh, man. And why is it that The Guardian is reporting this? The Guardian is a UK newspaper. Why isn't it in local newspapers? Kim Jong-un. That guy is a patriot with a lot of skills who just loves his country. Don't you say anything Mm -hmm. bad about him. He's a a tough cookie. He's a tough cookie, Ian. He's an evil dictator. A horrifically evil dictator. (laughs) He killed his uncle with a howitzer? Anti-aircraft gun, yeah. Sure. Anti-aircraft, okay. Listen, he had to. He had to take over the country. All right, uh, so I don't Sorry. know if we have anything else about the Pennsylvania thing. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that, uh, I mean, when this report comes out, I think it's going to be devastating yeah. to the Catholic Church. I hope it's devastating. I don't see how you can go to a Catholic Church and see that 50 priests across the state are part of this report and, and continue to give them money. Mm. Continue to go sit in a pew. I don't know why you sit in a pew every Sunday anyway, but... yeah. Well, I think it's going to pile on the uh, most recent abuse scandal in Chile, where Pope Francis initially supported the the Catholic Church in Chile, and then (laughs) all the facts came to light, and he went, ah, crap. All right, no, we can't do that anymore. (laughs) Initially supported the church. You're being very, very uh, light on the Pope there. Sure. He not only supported the church, he said that all of the the people, all of them were lying. Hmm. He said that all of it was just a, a big media blitz in order to hurt the church. Yeah, I think he, I think this Pope has, I don't think this Pope is a bad person. I think he's a good person. And I think he is shocked at the depravity of his coworkers. I wouldn't doubt that he was told that by yeah. maybe some sort of archbishop who came back and said that this is not the church's problem. They just have to be making it up. And he ran with it. Mm. But man, to call the victims liars before you have all the facts. Yeah. Well, he trusted his coworkers. I mean, functionally, that's what they are. He right. trusted the people that he has conversations with on a day-to-day basis. We all do that. We all, you know, trust the familiar. Yeah. So uh, the I think the fact that he apologized and changed his mind is promising. Right. And I mean, you just have to. Um, I, I feel like you're predisposed to to protect to you know protect your own. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why you know. Cops can kill any number of black civilians that they want, and none of them are ever going to be prosecuted for it. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Right. They're going to be on fully paid administrative leave for two years until the situation cools down, and they'll be back on the force. Yep. So the blue wall— Same thing with priests. Yeah. The- he can't He can't be like, yeah, we, we, <laughs> all, my, all my underlings love raping. <laughs> What's the big deal? <laughs> um, unrelated to my— <laughs> Seemingly nonstop rage of this episode. <laughs> um, I can't get, I have not found any statewide numbers, but in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia alone, there are 519 
active priest. Wow. That's more than I anticipated. Okay. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I have no idea what the numbers are, but yeah, it's, it's going to be quite a few. Right. So, I mean, if, if, that's, if that's Philly, I imagine Pittsburgh's got to be a comparable, comparable number. Yeah. Same thing with, uh, you know, Allentown, the Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area. They've got to be, you know, maybe not 500, but, you know, somewhere in there. So, so there's, there's probably a couple thousand priests throughout the state. Yeah. How do they find that many men that are willing to be celibate their entire lives? <laughs> are, are they? <laughs> well, good yeah, point. because they're right. not. Hence <laughs> <laughs> the problem. At least uh. 50 of them aren't. <laughs> Yeesh. And I guess, I'm guessing this is over some period of time, too. So it's not the same 2,000 priests for the last 50 years or right, 3,000, right. whatever you got to retire and get new ones. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay, so there are 982 parishes within the state of Pennsylvania. Some smaller than others, I'm sure, but still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's that's a lot of different places for priests, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I never think about the fact that you're always going to have more than one priest per Catholic church. You're always going to have a couple. Right. Yeah. So, Okay. Uh, moving on to national stuff, I wanted to just hit on this real quick. In addition to all the different, all the different things that Pruitt has going on, the head of the EPA, a judge has just ruled that the EPA needs to come forward with evidence backing his statement that global warming is not, or humanity is not a, a primary contributor to global warming. He, they have given him to July 11th to produce an explanation in documentation that uh, that says that global warming is not caused by uh, human carbon dioxide emissions. And if he doesn't, what happens? So I, I'm not really sure because the way that they're wording it, they're using the Freedom of Information Act in mm. order to say, oh, you have data on this? Bring it forward, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But again, like, and I understand that, but like... Who's, what's the case about? Yeah. Yeah, if he doesn't do it, what are the consequences? Like, because you know he doesn't have any, so ah. is he just going to ignore it and not do anything? All right, so it's a, it's a Freedom of Information Act request filed last year by the Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility. So they're asking for their freedom, it's a Freedom of Information Act request to prove their stance on, cl on global, on climate change. Interesting. Yeah. So if he doesn't come forward with it, which he can't, mm -hmm. um, nothing will happen to him except he'll look like an idiot, which if, you know, it, it just proves their point that All right. the head of the EPA is spouting shit that with no scientific background whatsoever. Not that the people that support him wholeheartedly will care. And I, I, right. I, I, politicians and public included in that because it's, oh, it's all God based. So. But you got to keep pushing the facts. True. They don't care about the facts, so I think we've established that. That doesn't mean you give up on it. True. <laughs> All right. The people that care for the facts still need to be pushing for it. But what, he he now has 13 investigations, ethics investigations on him? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, now he has uh, he has this lawsuit. He's broken all the rules. He's yeah. ridiculous. All right, let's talk, uh, let's hit on Kim and Trump real quick. Oh. Uh, I don't really have much to say about this. What a Why would you? He didn't need to take any notes. He's yeah. got one of the greatest memories in the history of man. <laughs> Unless you ask him about that, then he forgets that he even said that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, he accomplished nothing. He gave away stuff and uh, came home. So, all right. Uh, Ray, what are you talking about? He just ended a 67-year war. What? Yeah. Oh, Milford, Milford Page. The, oh, uh, Milford. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> You would... I don't know where these people are getting their fucking information from, but 
We've been at war. He's ended the war, really? Because apparently we've been at war for sixty-seven years, and he's going to pull our troops home, what? who have been toiling over in South Korea fighting this war. They're finally going to come home. <laughs> wow, that's wow. crazy pants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we are obligated by treaty to support the South Koreans. Uh, I don't know nothing about no treaty. I know that we've been fighting North Koreans since the fifties, <laughs> non, non-stop <laughs> since the Korean War. Yeah. They so they are just talking about what an, what an amazing thing he is because he has a spine because he stood up to him. A lot of go Trumps. One guy said he's got a big one. I assume talking about his dick. Um, they're wow. making fun of Obama because he was looking at Korea uh, through some binoculars, and then someone called him a piece of shit. Someone said, "Keep on trumping." Finally, we have a real president and a couple digs at Justin Trudeau in there as well. <laughs> because Justin Trudeau doesn't what do you, what do you call it when a man sits and spreads his leg man spread man spread mm. is that what it is yeah yeah because yeah, he didn't sit like that because he doesn't have balls like Trump does oh my god <laughs> yeah he was ending the sixty year war MAGA and uh, all the libs are crying uh, because of this um, because everybody said he'd never meet with him do you remember when we kept saying it'll never happen I don't remember us ever saying that but no no. no. Now I want to go back. If anybody has a recording or anybody has listened and heard one of us say that, I would like to know. I'd like to know if we were wrong. I don't But I don't remember did. saying it. No. Here's how I was looking at it. He's going over to North Korea. If he accomplishes anything, all right, great. I'll give it to him. I'm actually looking forward to it. Do something positive. Mm. In this case, I guess the positive thing was, well, we're not at war. It's we're not, not any you know, worse. <laughs> yeah, it's not worse. Wor- Isn't it? But it kind of is, because now yeah. he has agreed to not do the military drills with South Korea. So our forces in South Korea no longer are going to be working together. Right. He, and he agreed on, he agreed on South, South Korea's behalf as well. Yes. Without letting them know. Which is yeah. nice of him, yeah. 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 So we've but- probably hindered our relationship with South Korea in the meantime. Yeah, and China loves us. But this isn't like we're not taking our troops out right now. This is only if he goes and does what he what, what he promised as far as denuclearizing, right? Well, well he's we, not removing troops. He didn't agree to that. What he agreed no. to was not to do the quote unquote oh, the war game. So we actually agreed to the ex- that we're not going to be doing the exercise as of right now. I believe so. Yes. Wow. Kim made out like a bandit in this deal because we didn't get shit. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I don't know what we got um, out of this. We got a promise of denuclearization without defining what that means. Or timetable or anything. Or, Thank goodness. That is much better than that terrible Iran deal. Yeah. Worst in history. <laughs> yeah, the, That had parameters and The Iran deal where they had to give to up it. 98% of their enriched uranium. They, they had to allow people in to inspect. Yeah, this is way better than that. All right. Also, I heard that Iran only had about 15 or so nuclear sites and that north korea has like a hundred and something yeah they're squirreled all over the country so yeah so to to actually have inspectors like first of all i mean if you really think he's gonna let inspectors into that country to do this i doubt it Uh, i mean bottom line yes it's good that they're that we're not lobbing missiles each other but it was a fucking photo op oh yes And that was it. He wanted a win, and he got it. And, I mean, I doubt anything will ever come out of it. Yeah, he got win on multiple levels because he got to stand next to the quote-unquote leader of the free world. He got recognition as a world leader. Mm -hmm. Not as a tyrant, but as a world leader. He got that for for free. He didn't do anything to get Trump over there. He didn't even have to pay for his hotel room. Yeah. 
We did that. We paid my taxpayers, your taxpayers, went to pay his a murderous tyrant's hotel bill in Singapore. Oh, that's what we should keep an eye on. There was going to be a Trump hotel going up in North Korea. Are you kidding me? It was the first thing out of his fucking mouth. Did yep. you hear that? Yeah, he wanted to. He wanted. Really? He wanted to put yeah. fancy hotels on the beaches in North Carolina. In North Carolina. He goes. Yeah, when you, when you. Oh, that state is the worst. He goes when you. He goes when you see them firing off their missiles and stuff like that. You got to look at the beaches. They got great beaches. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was all about putting a Trump hotel on the beaches on this untapped, pristine beaches of North Korea. I mean, I definitely <sighs> fell into an alternate earth here where we're shitting and threatening fucking. Canada, yeah, I know, yeah. right? And we're you charming up world. with fucking North Korea. I mean, those two He's, guys look so happy together. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. He's he he wants to. He, Trump is like creating like this weird new age axis. <laughs> yes, where it's the U.S. and Russia, and now we're going to team up with North Korea against all of the new allies, which are like Germany and Italy. <laughs> yeah, he only has great he things to you. say. <laughs> About fucking dictators. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Duterte. Yeah, he's doing great work over there, killing fucking uh, people on the streets and shit like that and kissing wimp, whatever. Did you ever oh, see that yeah. kiss on John Oliver? Oh, it was yeah. horrible. Uh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, Erdogan. Let me call and, and uh, congratulate him in Turkey. Putin should be in the G7. It should mm-hmm. be the G8. Even though they fucked in our goddamn election yep. and invaded a country they shouldn't have. I mean, all well, kinds of shit. His speech for including Russia in the you know G7, G8. Well, you know, <laughs> things happened and they, they kissed <laughs> some Russia stuff out. Yeah. Some stuff happened. I don't know what that was. Atrocity. Against mankind happened and Russia was kicked out. <laughs> and I mean, nothing but positive things to say about Kim Jong un, yeah. which I understand you want to be at least somewhat civil. Sure. You're, you're going into a meeting, but though, I mean, like just glowing shit. Right. And when you think Didn't about he shit what on happened, every other world leader, like openly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want, he's like, he's like, you really got to commend this guy. You know, no. he was 26 when he when he took over him. Like, like, like he <laughs> p- plotted a coup and took over the country. Like, it just wasn't fucking handed to him on a plate. Yeah, because of his father. Jesus. And then when they asked him about like Otto Warmbier and the gulags with the hundreds and thousands of fucking people in it, like, t- Trump's like, I think this is a good day for those people in the gulags. This is <laughs> this is a this is a good day for them. Not. <laughs> Yeah, that's a fucking horrible thing. And what they did to that kid was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, he was deaf and blind and went in a coma for taking a sign down. He was a fucking American citizen. And now you're here rubbing this guy's back and like, oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's real to- smart. He, he took a poster off of a wall. And for that, he deserved to be tortured and killed. Wow. Yeah, and now our president's like greatest guy in the world. Yep. I mean, if you want to say this is a, you know, a hopeful change for the future, fine. If you want to say, you know, perhaps we can get to a state of normalcy between these countries, fine. He is not a great guy. Not by any stretch of the imagination. They didn't even discuss the human rights issues. No. No. Didn't even come up. up. Nope. That doesn't doesn't help Trump Tower get built. Right. No. It also requires empathy. (laughs) And we know he doesn't have that. Yeah. My only consolation... Is Ian constantly groaning in the background? (laughs) This guy has to be stopped. It's so out of control. My only consolation: slow moving coup. It it is so deeply concerning on every level of my being. Right? Yeah. Take some solace, but no solace at all in the fact that when (laughs) Kim Jong Un gets back home and realizes that Trump called him a fatty, that he's going to strike out at him. 
and he's going to say horrible things about Trump, and Trump will say horrible things back, and the whole thing will be done. This won't last a week. I will bet you $5 it won't last a week. $5. See, I'm more see, I'm starting to think that that's not true because I, I feel that Kim Jong-un is starting to see that like this guy only likes pieces of shit. <laughs> he only talks glowingly about pieces of shit. So I might as well just stay quiet and I'll be fine. Oh, there's no way. You know, he and just quiet. Con- and continue to do what I'm doing. Yeah, but yeah, think about the the person that Kim, Kim Jong-un is though. He has been propped up his entire life the the country has believes that he the first time he ever played golf he hit a hole in one he is a god in his own mind there's no way that he can reconcile with trump calling him a fatty it's not gonna work he's not what is he worried about nobody in his country is gonna see him say that (laughs) what (laughs) timetables are you setting on this bet a week so by the time we air next week this will have been dissolved it will have been significantly harmed in some way Oh, so you're going to say that Kim's going to say something or or call him a, a, a dotard or yeah. a dotard? <laughs> yeah, and Trump will have, will have responded in kind in some stupid way. Eh, it's possible. I am willing to risk $5 <laughs> in my belief that things are as bad or, or worse than I think they are. And this will... Uh, there's no way that this will fall apart. So Ian's opposite bet is that next week they start the G5 with Trump, Kim... <laughs> Putin, Erdogan, and Duterte, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or is that four? Is that five or four? I don't that know. Was it's a G. It's a it's a G dictators. <laughs> yeah. It won't be the G. It'll be the T, though. <laughs> the totalitarian <Right>. five. <laughs> totalitarian, yeah, totalitarian five. Here you go. <laughs> or K five. Or King five. <laughs> hey man, when you got a big dick like Trump, anything's possible. <laughs> oh God. I think that's the right. The right place to end it. <laughs> Damn right. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I skipped a couple of things, but I think we're running long on time. So I think that's all we're going to have for this week. If you enjoy the podcast, there's several ways you can support it. Uh, share it on social media, Twitter, Facebook. Share the podcast. That'd be nice. <laughs> and thank you to everybody who has been. Uh, leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can do so on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash profanarg, or tweet at ProfaneArg. If you were looking for any other shows to listen to, podcasts on your way to work, commute, check out the soon-to-be-named network, soon-to-be-named-network.com. A lot of shows that you can listen to there. I want to thank everyone for listening, and until next time, I'm Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you, good night, and may your God go with you. 